Testing. Testing one, two, three. Selling oneself is one of the simplest yet most misunderstood skills. Let's face it, stage fright surely sucks and can even be completely crippling. Needless to say, nobody wants to screw up in front of a crowd. <clears throat> We're going to learn to prepare powerful, impressive, thought-provoking presentations on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI. And today we have an extra special show because we've got a guest. And it's not just any guest. It's a guest I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And if you're not, well, you're going to be after today's show because you guys are going to follow her and you're going to subscribe to her podcast as well. Now, as I said, most of you are in the know, Savios, and you already are. But she's here to help us because this is a, a tough topic to tackle. Well, I didn't do that on purpose, the, the T alliteration. So I decided to enlist the help of a friend of mine, somebody I know who has experience with this, not just teaching English, but more specifically with presentations. Now, her name is Anna Connolly. She's a business English expert, a tutor, a teacher, a podcast creator, and she also co-hosts another podcast, which I wasn't familiar with. So, I think it's better to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, as we say in English, desde la fuente, because that's the most reliable source. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, Anna with two N's. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alberto. What an introduction. I couldn't have asked for a more fantastic intro. And yes, Anna with two N's uh, specifically. Well, I'm, I don't know what else to say. I'm from the UK. If you guys haven't already noticed from my accent, I grew up in the south of east of England. So if you're listening to me now and you're thinking, mm, I don't know what accent she has. It's a southeast uh, English accent. And as you said, Alberto, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach, and I really specialize in, in business English. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to have a bit of a chat about presentations and hopefully give you give you guys some ideas about some things that you can do to to improve and some of the common things that people find really, really difficult. Sure, sure. Because presentations, I mean, when you hear it, you're like, oh, easy. But then, as I said in the intro, selling yourself, which is essentially what we're doing, aside from our product or whatever, sounds easy on paper, but you do it. I had a girlfriend who said, oh, you just sit on the radio and talk for two hours. And I said, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> see, see how easy it is to expose, because we're exposing ourselves as well. And nobody wants to be judged, but that's how we communicate. We have to get in front of a group. We have to sell our ideas and sell ourselves. And you help people with that, not just with a course, which we're going to tell people about, a special course that you have, but also on your social media and through your podcast. Tell us a little bit about that before we get started on today's topic. Sure. So I have a podcast, which is called Anna with Two Ends English Podcast. And on this podcast, I do it every week. 
And each week what I'm trying to do is give you exclusive tips, advice about how you can improve your your speaking skills. That's what I'm really, really interested in and focused on. I really want to help you be able to improve the way that you speak at work um, in English. So that's the focus of that. And I cover loads of, of different topics. And as you mentioned, Alberto, one of the one of the things that I kept seeing all the time was that my students hated presentations. They actually hated it to the point where sometimes they would avoid coming to class just to avoid doing a presentation. They would pull a sickie? <laughs> they would pull a sickie, a complete sickie. So, and I'd spoken to a lot of my students and I thought, do you know what? This is one really specific skill that I think is really worth practicing. And why? Because as you mentioned, presentations are really, really difficult to do, much easier to say it than, than to do it. And we actually do presentations are really important parts of our lives. Think about it. A job interview, for example, presenting something in a meeting, maybe to directors or managers, or maybe giving a speech to people, trying to motivate them. Or a speech we at a wedding. It's somebody's or at a wedding. It's their most at memorable day and you don't want to screw it up. <laughs> exactly. So presentations are actually used at really important parts of our lives. So I really think it's a skill that a lot of people it's really worth investing the time to to feel confident doing them. So you're not reading things. A lot of my students like to read. They they read their notes. They hold things up. It's a safety mechanism. It's to make right. them feel safer. But sure. you want to be confident speaking, not right. reading. So that's right, really sure. why I wanted to start that course. And, and it's also not the same, you know, speaking in a conversation in a bar with somebody than presenting your ideas in front of a group uh, that may or may not be judging you. And we'll talk about the audience and reading them a little bit later on. So guys, first things first, before we go any further, you got to go over and follow Anna. It's Anna Two Ends English, arroba at Anna Two Ends English on Instagram. Follow her podcast and then I also want to know about this Chatterbox because I love the name. What a great name for a podcast. Tell us about Chatterbox. Chatterbox is a podcast which I co-host on Coolips English, which is another fantastic place if you want to practice your listening skills. And this is a podcast where I talk about loads of different current affairs, things that are going on in the news. And I have a conversation with my co-host, Andrew, and it's just a great way for you to hear two native speakers talking about something that you might hear in a coffee shop or on the sofa with your friends. So that's that's Chatterbox. So make sure you check it out. That's conversational English, which I think is so important. And it's you guys shooting the breeze, so to speak, just talking about exactly. nothing and everything, solving the world's problems at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> Well, but I love, that, I love that word that you, you, know, you British, listen to me, you British people use banter. I love that word. Uh -huh. uh, you know, that, that kind of like talking, but arguing, but you're not really arguing. You're just kind of, you know. <laughs> well, banter is a crazy word. It's a really difficult concept to try and explain, but you can have work banter, but it, yeah, banter is like taking the mick out of each other, but in a playful way, but right. it's a very British thing. Yeah. Banter. I think of football teams, like I don't hate all the Atletico fans. In fact, there's no one I would rather watch a game with because of that banter. Right. <laughs> that joking kind of uh, picking on each other, as we would say. Exactly. 
And what's what we're doing right now, we're involved in a bit of banter, but we've got something to talk about. We came here to talk about presentations. What are the different kinds of presentations, Anna? Well, there's some main types that you're probably, maybe you're familiar with these ones, but there's kind of a set of different types. For example, information, telling people about something, pretty straightforward um, and this is going to be probably one of the most common types of presentations. And just to say as well, a presentation is is something, it's different to a speech. Okay, the definitions are slightly mm. different. Sometimes it's a little bit blurred, but a presentation would normally be where you're speaking with some kind of visual aid, maybe a PowerPoint or, or something like that. So information, telling people about something, a point. Conveying information, sure. New right. rules at work, guys. We got to go over some new guidelines, uh, human exactly. resources, right? Telling somebody about your area of expertise. Okay, so this is what I know about this topic. Um, also, per being persuasive, trying to either get people to do something you want them to do, or maybe even selling them something. Okay, so it can be something sure. really direct, like we want you to buy this, or it could be more subtle, like, we want you to come around to this way of doing things. Inspirational, right. trying to get people on your side, trying to motivate people. Imagine if you have a big organization. Religious. Yeah, yeah. Or mm -hmm. you've got an organization who's going through a massive change. You've got to get people on board with that and get them excited about where the company's going. Educational, how to, how to do something. These are some steps. And maybe entertaining, sort of being funny and, and trying to make people laugh maybe would be in some context a, a presentation that, that people will do. So those are, some, I mean, there's lots of different types, but I would say that those are probably some of the more common ones that people would come into contact with. So you're presenting information and the, the thing is, in what field? What is your objective? Which I think we're going to look at that in a moment. I think determining that can help you find the right direction to take your presentation in because there are so many options. What's funny? What's uh, Speaking of weddings, mm. I was asked to wed two friends. And I've been on stage in front of thousands of people. I've not a, I, I don't suffer from stage fright, thankfully. Do you know I bit my nails? They, they were, I've never bitten my nails. Wow. I was so nervous because I was like, this is like the memorable day. I want to be funny, but I don't want to be that funny guy. I want to be, you know, charming, but I don't want to take any protagonism away from them. So that's an important thing, too. Uh, you know, who's your audience? Uh, what exactly is the, the reason? So determining what kind of presentation you have to do and your purpose is a good first step, right? Absolutely. You really need to think about what am I trying to get out of this presentation? What's my, my end goal? And just having that in mind is going to help you think about what helps you to start to think about what you want to tell people because ultimately that's what we're doing we're getting a message across to to people but i can't imagine if somebody asked me to do that alberto i don't know what i would do but <laughs> i would probably wouldn't well, have any drunk. nails left <laughs> I, I think i was drunk when i said yes but i didn't realize the implications which usually happens when someone's like that's how you we usually get roped into these things nobody says willingly i want to do a presentation <laughs> it's like usually your boss is like tomorrow you're going to speak in front of a group and you're like really <laughs> mm, mm. i think everybody gets i i've actually saw a st statistic about this um public speaking and it said that something like 90 percent of people are anxious 
or have anxiety about doing presentations. So I think it's something that is just completely normal. I can't imagine there's many people, like you said, that put their hand up like, oh yeah, let's go. I'll do a presentation tomorrow. (laughs) Me, me, me. So I think it's something that's really normal to be nervous about as well. And that's important to say, like if you're nervous, that's, that's normal. You have to learn to work with the nerves and, and there are things that you can do. And we'll talk about that. Jerry Seinfeld, one of my favorite comedians, he said this. Now, I'm not sure about the statistic, but the joke is brilliant. He said that uh, more people on this earth have a phobia of public speaking than death. So he said at a funeral, most people would rather be in the coffin than behind the podium. (laughs) That's pretty crazy when you think about that. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. But But it's true. I think it must be one of the things that people have, maybe one of the most commonly shared fears that that people have are just about being in front of people and, 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 and saying what you have to say. And it can be crippling, like you said, those nerves can be crippling where you're stuttering, you're spilling your water. I mean, it can get really violently crippling. And something I've, maybe, I'd like to hear your opinion about this, but I remember uh, in acting, I studied acting and I remember going into an audition, our teacher, one of, one of the dean and I, one of the people I look up to the most, and she said, "You have. there's going to be nerves no matter what. You're going to be nervous. That means you care. That, that's first. He goes, she said, but if you can determine the difference between the I'm nervous because I'm not prepared and I'm nervous because I want to kick butt, then you can really, really move forward and you know, come to grips with it, as we say. How, what are your, what's your feeling on that kind of philosophy? I love the distinction between the two the two types of nerves because we all know that feeling when we haven't done the preparation and we're like, oh no. And we all know it. We've all been there. (laughs) I'm just gonna get through this. And normally what happens in that situation have I seen people tend to talk really fast because you're like, I wanna get to the end point as quickly as possible to try and just get it over with, which is Mm -hmm. really not a good strategy. We don't wanna speak too fast. That's a key thing. Um, But I think that, you know, being nervous because you care and because you've prepared and you want this, I think actually at the beginning, it feels really terrifying. But then mm-hmm. I think once you get into it and you get into the flow, those nerves kind of start to to fade away and you kind of come into right. your own. So As we say in, in American English, you get in the zone, <laughs> you get focused. Get in the zone and you're, you get the flow. I always say this with my students, when, when they get into the flow and they're exactly. just like in a, yeah, as you said, in the zone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Great. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, I mean, okay. It sounds really good. It sounds really easy, but I imagine there are a lot of misconceptions. What are some of the misconceptions? I mean, I know we're going to tell you guys a little bit about her course in the second part of today's show, but what are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to uh, presentations and, and presenting information in front of a, a group? So I'll start with, I think the biggest misconception is the idea that presentation skills are only useful for presentations, okay? The -hmm. skills that you learn or the way of delivering information is only useful when you're standing up in front of people or you're on a Zoom meeting with people. It's not true at all. In fact, I heard a quote from a a TED talk recently which said, all speaking is public speaking, which I think is a really nice way to put it. Interesting, sure, sure. So these types of skills of presenting an argument or telling people what you wanna say, you can use those types of skills in meetings, in conversations, maybe a little bit more formal, but they're still applicable in many different areas. Like you said, a speech at a wedding, for example, doesn't Mm. have to be just in a professional context. It helps you put together what you want to say. 
Um, Who doesn't need people skills and communication skills is essentially what you're saying. These are skills that are useful in any field. Transferable in any industry, in any area, in any job. You know, even if you're, I don't know, you're, you're a salesperson, you work online, but you still want to talk to clients, maybe over the phone. Even over the phone, these things mm-hmm. are are useful. So that's probably the biggest misconception, I would say. Another one is that mm-hmm. at a certain level, so let's say mainly a lot of people I work with are um, intermediate level, higher intermediate. At a certain level, once you get past that stage, it's less about what you say. It's still important, of course, your message. But actually, the way that you can prove it is how you say things. So... Sure. For example, universal things like your body language and the way that you present yourself and your posture, but also mm-hmm. specifically on things about the language, intonation, the rising and mm-hmm. falling of your voice. Mm-hmm. Sure, the, the tone and and the, the, the feeling that you're, that energy exactly. that you're giving the audience. Exactly. So sure, I work a lot sure. with people on that. Like, how can you try and... I guess almost bring your personality out as well, because when people are really nervous, they tend to be very robotic. So they will kind Mm. of close up like this and they're like, they speak like this and they're very nervous. But when they start to relax, you see more of their personality. It's in everything. Their their body language is much more positive and open. And so I, I really think that is almost more important when you're at that kind of level, how you say right. things rather than what right. you're necessarily saying. Not the actual saying. words. Exactly, exactly. Right, right. I, I tell my students often with going along those lines, I say, you know, I want to see why your friends like you. I want to see why you're that likable person that, you know, walks into the bar and everybody's like, hey, there that should come out. Mm. You should, because people are going to, they're going to want to stay there. They're going to want to ask you questions. They're going to want to stay after and chat with you and, you know, maybe even help you. <laughs> Who knows? Right. And <laughs> collaborate. Exactly. And as I said before about presentations being really important, there's an expression we have in English, which is you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So imagine Ooh, you've one. got an interview or you're presenting to a new client. Like that's your shot. And you want to make sure that they get a really good picture of you, that they they see you for who you are. You build rapport with them. So, you know, being being able to be yourself while you're you're giving presentations, I think, is is super super important. Sure, and I think a lot of this stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong. Applies to a job interview too. You want to shine. Absolutely. You want the, your your best quality. Now, why do I want to work with this guy? Well, why did people want to hang out with this person? So mm-hmm. we shouldn't try and hide that. And our inhibitions will make us do that naturally. But we want our true selves. To, to really come out to what that's what makes us unique and you know one of the things as well i said there about when people are very nervous they tend to be very robotic and another thing people do when they're nervous is they don't smile so they look like they're having the worst time of their uh, lives uh, <laughs> when they're giving right. they're 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 right. they're almost they look like they've been through some kind of trauma or they're suffering <laughs> A veins, a veins right. popping out of their They look forehead, like, like they're <gasps> having the worst time. So actually, one of the things I say to people is, you just sure. got to try and loosen up and smile a little bit. Because when you're really enjoy, enjoy it. it, yeah, just yeah. you know, just smile. Because sometimes people look like they're having the worst time because they're really nervous. Well, how are you going to convince people if you're not convinced? Mm-hmm. Think about that. What kind of if you're not convincing in your the way you present it and you're not excited and, uh, you know, enthusiastic about it. Why mm. should I be? Good point. You know, absolutely. 
So uh, we want to see enthusiasm. Now, is there, like everything, I imagine there's a limit. Like, you don't want to come in there like Bozo the Clown, like, you know, hey, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, is there a time and place? Do you measure the audience? How, what, what would be your advice for how much is too much as far as charisma, so to speak? Yeah, I guess it's that line between you've got to think about who's my audience, the people in front of me, and also making sure that you're being genuine. So I guess in a professional context, that's the, the context I'm most useful uh, used to. Sorry, You've really got to think about a couple of things. Like, are they people you already know? Like, do you already have a relationship with them? That's definitely really important because then you can be a little bit more relaxed. You can, you know, go with the flow a little bit more. Are these people that you don't know and you need to really think about how you're coming across? How am I presenting yourself, for example? Um, also, another really good thing to think about with your audience is, are they native speakers or non-native speakers mm. of English or mm. any language? That's also an important thing just to take into account. Why? Because if you've got native speakers, then... You know, if you use different things like expressions or maybe you want to use some kind of more complicated vocabulary, then the likelihood is they're going to be able to understand you. Well, they, they should understand you. But maybe if you've got a non-native audience, you might need to think about how could I simplify my vocabulary? Maybe not everybody might be, yeah, you, you know, very... Say, we were chilling at my crib. We were relaxing at my house <laughs> because people exactly. were like, wait, that, that sounds like something out of of MTV. <laughs> yeah. So definitely think about that when you're giving your English presentation. Like who am I who am I who am I talking to? Right. But yeah, I mean it, it depends. If you're a clown, for example, and you're going to give a presentation about what you could do, then I guess you would want to be over the top. But I suppose in a business context maybe not. <laughs> so so again, I think it goes back to what you said before. Uh, know what your objective is, know your audience, and know your material. You mm -hmm. know, know yeah, what, you, what you said if you're reading Nobody wants to be read to. And maybe my daughter. That's it. And even her, if I start making it monotone, she's going to be like, Daddy, do the voices. <laughs> you know, do the little pig, little pig, you know. So yeah, we want to be entertained. Humans want to be entertained as well as informed. Yeah. And we, you know, when you read, your voice dies. Okay. Well, I mean, when people are reading in another language, for example, if I were to pick up a page now and start reading in Spanish, my voice, my intonation would just die because I'm looking at the words and I'm focusing so much on saying the words that you lose that natural, that naturalness that comes with your voice. Right. So, you know, you, your voice just dies. All that life that you have in your voice, that personality, that character, it just goes. Right. So notes are fine. Prompts, we're all good with prompts. I totally get that maybe it's hard to, uh, you know, memorize everything that you want to say. Prompts are good, but we don't want to be reading. We want to try and move away from that um, reading and, and memorizing because it makes you sound less natural when you speak. Right. And in the end, it's called a presentation because we are presenting the information mm. we're not reading if not they would call it a reading and there are things called readings of plays of books but that's a different monster and that's another episode of fyi <laughs> what do we do anna and now i want to tell you guys today because anna's on the show i decided to make the bonus part now normally the bonus part is exclusively for my patrons my students over on patreon but I've decided since this stuff is really useful, I think everybody deserves to know this. And I want everybody to hear what she's going to tell us in the bonus part because she's going to share a lot of stuff with us. She's going to tell us about her course and her experience. We're going to talk about do's and don'ts. And 
I, I don't know if we said this, but Anna is a language learner as well. So she's going to give us some of her tips, not only as someone who's an expert on presentations, but also someone who is in the process of learning a language now. So that's all going to be in the bonus part. But really quickly, I just want to send a shout out to all my patrons. As I said, you guys are the producers. This show would not be possible without you. If you guys are interested in becoming patrons, it's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Take a look around. You can get bonus audio, PDFs with the vocabulary, review classes with me, monthly master classes, and obviously 24-7 access to me. Now, I'm not going to answer at 4 a.m. Well, you never know. I could be up with some insomnia, and I may answer you at 4 a.m. So a shout-out to all of you guys, especially my super-duper students, Mara, Javier, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. If you guys want more information, go to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. But today, it's free. So it'll be coming out right after. First, we'll, we'll release this first part. But in the bonus part, I'm really excited to hear your learning tips as somebody who's learning a language myself. And before we get going, though, uh, what I wanted to look at is your podcast. Because you told us a little bit about it, but what kind of things can we learn on your podcast? Because you deal with presentation stuff, business stuff, but also phrasal verbs. Tell us some of the topics that you've dealt with on Anna with two ends. And guys, remember, you can download this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So all of the topics that I talk about on Anna with two ends is all about how to make you feel more comfortable or confident speaking English at work, but not only speaking, understanding things as well. Because there's a lot of people, one of the biggest things that people find difficult with business English is they say to me, Anna, I go into a meeting and I don't understand anything that the other person is saying. I don't understand anything. So in each of my episodes, either I'll talk about some phrasal verbs, some business phrasal verbs, what they mean, and I'll put them in context for you. I'll give you some examples. I also really like to take grammar points and show you how we use them in a business context. For example, the second conditional in negotiations or the third conditional when we're talking about reflections and lessons learned. And I also like to do um, episodes where I give you pieces of vocabulary. For example, how to apologize in a professional way or how to talk about project progress. So it's all about making you more confident with your with your business English. Great. And I think it's very useful stuff. As I said, most of you are following the podcast and following her on Instagram. And if you're not, that's your last warning. Get over there right now and follow her and learn all this useful stuff that could come in handy. Who knows? In your next job interview, your next presentation, or your next wedding. Well, I'm excited about the bonus part Anna, so uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with the bonus part of today's FYI. 